Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Praise the Lord. This morning, um, I have an unusual title to my lesson, but I, I think that uh, we agonize over serving God sometimes. And it's easy. That's the title of my lesson. It's easy. We make it hard. Uh, we, we, uh, we do our best as humans to mess this thing up. And uh, God has to come in and rescue us when we do what's wrong. And uh, he, has to, he has to make the difference for us. I'd like you to turn to Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 19. I want to start with this scripture. And uh, when, I, when I say the, the title, it's easy, now you're asking me, well, what's easy? Um, really, getting to eternity is easy. We make it hard. God made it easy. Praise the Lord. And hopefully when I'm done, you'll agree with me. Um, and if you don't, you can talk to the pastor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, so Romans five 19, we're going to read verses 19 through 21. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounds... Grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin has been around since right after the beginning of time. As soon as man got a hold of what God had blessed him with, he messed it up. And, uh, and sin was present. But yet, the Bible promises us that where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. And grace and God are overcoming sin every day. And will overcome, and can overcome, and will continue to overcome, and will be victorious over sin. And if you read the back of the book, we win. Praise the Lord. So, uh, so how, how do we get to eternal life? And uh, you'll have to humor me. I'm, I'm going to uh, talk about some, some things. And um, as a young person, I was raised in a traditional religious environment. That's politically correct, isn't it? Yeah. And as I grew older, I found that I didn't really have any depth of faith of the God that I, of the, the life of God that I had lived. You know, I, as a youngster, in uh, first and second grade, I went to a parochial school, and I was fortunate enough, and, you know, I think in every one of our lives, uh, unless you just came in miraculously in a moment, I think if you look back at your life, you see how God had been working in your life 
maybe for a long time. And you, and you look back, it's always, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and you, And you can look back and see all the things that God was, was working on in your life. But anyway, um, I was exposed enough to the story of this God that had died for me that I had turned to him in prayer for youthful wishes. Didn't you do that when you were a kid? Oh God, please help me to have my parents buy me that new bike. You know, and, uh, and different things that happened. Well, I was no different. And I soon found out that he seemed to answer my prayers. And um, the traditional religious environment that I came from um, wanted you to kind of work through the hierarchy. They didn't want you to basically go to God for yourself. And, uh, but the people that were teaching us in school taught us all these stories of God and how God, you could pray to God, and they were very big on prayer. They really prayed a lot, um, these ladies. And uh, they were very, I guess the way I would look at them is they were very holy in, in what they believed. They believed everything that they could. And that made an example to me as a first and second grader. And, and I have to tell you, that was back when the earth was warm, okay? Uh, when I was in first and second grade. But um, you, you had to uh, admire what they were doing because they really taught us that God was real. And God really did die on the cross for us. And... Um, so when they, when they tried to uh, shuffle me back away from God and say that I had to go through someone else to get to God, they were too late. Because the ladies had already wrecked that by showing me that I could pray and there was a good chance that God would answer my prayer. So as I grew older, um, I prayed for things and uh, they were not spiritual things, okay? So don't think that I was real spiritual and I was praying with, for these super spiritual things. These were wishes. These were things that were important in my life. And, um, and, I, and I knew God gave the opportunity to see him working in my life. And he proved himself to me because he answered a couple of prayers that were insurmountable odds, and, and I prayed, and, and God answered that prayer. And I just thought, well, that, that's amazing. So um, the, the bad part, well, you know, this would be the beginning of what would be a quest of God in my life. And to prove the carnal, to, to prove the power of the carnal nature of man and the pull of the world... I never did turn to God in a greater way. Even though I knew that, even though I had that in my heart, the power of the world is very powerful. Peer pressure is very powerful. And it lulled me to sleep and caused me to not really actively seek after this God that had answered some of my prayers. But you know, I never did seek him out to find out what was required of me. But yet, I lived the life of my peers. 
I lived the life of a traditional religion, a life of obligatory Sunday service, right? Go to church on Sunday. The rest of the week's yours. You can live however you want. Now, that's not exactly what they teach, but that's what we got out of it. That's what the world and our peer pressure and everything, that's what it did. Go to church on Sunday, make like you're a Christian, and then the rest of the week, well, we'll just kind of, we'll, we'll fix that next Saturday. And so it was, it was bad. And uh, we lived a life, a morality standard that had, had evolved with the influence of carnal thinking and justification. That's what, that's what the people in the church did. They, they thought they were living for God, but really all of their holiness and their life of living for God was tainted with carnal thinking and justification. Well, you don't really have to do that. Well, that's not really important. Well, are you sure that God really wants you to do that? And so as I grew older, there were more questions in my mind of how to search out this God. And I believe that that was God working on me. I don't believe that had anything to do with me. That was God working on my heart. And I am so glad today that God adjusted my heart so that when that day came that I heard the truth that I would be receptive to it. I am grateful to God. It, it, doesn't make, it doesn't say anything about me. It says everything about God. And, um, you know, as I continued this half-hearted search of God and what God really required of me, little did I know that God had heard this glimmer of desire to find him from my heart and had put it on the heart of a good friend of mine to testify to us. You know, that was very hard for him and uh, in a little bit of humor, um, my friend Ron who testified to us, he, uh, I just told that story the other day and uh, it, it's, it's still funny to me this day. God was, God was speaking to Ron my friend Ron, about that he should testify to Chris and I. And, and Ron explained it in a way that it was a, um, it was a, a comical story of him conversing with God. And he said God would speak to him and he'd say, Ron, you got to talk to Dave and Chris. And Ron would look at God and he'd say, God, you don't understand. You know, they, they, don't, they don't want nothing to do with you. They, they're not interested in you. Why, why do you want me to speak to them? So then uh, he, would, he would go a little further. And, uh, you know, the way he tells it, a little bit of time went by, a couple of weeks, a month. I don't know how long it was really exactly. And then God would come to him again. He'd say, Ron, you got to go talk to Dave and Chris. And he says, God, you really don't get it. You know, this is not what we're going to do. And uh, so... God has a way of convincing people. And um, what God did 
was he had Ron and Chris and I physically, I mean, bump into each other physically at the mall in Sheboygan on a Friday night. He was coming through one hallway, we were coming through another hallway, and we physically ran into each other. And Ron, he didn't even have the Holy Ghost at this time, but he said, okay, God, okay, I get it. If you're that interested in this, I'll do what I can do. And so right away, without waiting, he invited us over to his house, and that next night, he told us all about this wonderful truth. And I'm telling you, I mean all with capital letters. Uh, Chris and I were green as grass, and uh, we had no idea about any of this truth. We had no idea what the Bible said, except that the story of God was in there. And so it was an amazing thing to learn in one night all about baptism and getting uh, repenting and getting the Holy Ghost and the second coming of the Lord. And uh, we, we heard about everything. We, I mean, we went right through to the Antichrist and the, the, um, you know, the uh, Battle of Armageddon and all these different things. But I'm so thankful that through my life that God thought enough about me to put me on his heart. And God thought enough about Chris and I that he would testify to us and he would prepare our hearts that we could hear the truth and that we would accept the truth. And I have no regrets to this day of, of what happened there. And um, that was, you know, uh, besides the day that we got the Holy Ghost, that was the most profound day of our lives. Bar none. I don't, it has no comparison to the, the birth of our children or any personal goals that we accomplished. Nothing. That night, in that humble little house, till 2.30 in the morning, we heard about this marvelous truth and it changed our life forever. And it was a truth that we've never had to take back. It's a truth that has never been proved wrong. It's a truth that keeps being verified in the word of God. Every time I look to it, I say, that's what he told me. That's what the truth is. This truth is amazing. And when you tell people this truth, they will never come back to you and ask for their money back. Because the more they read, the more they'll find this truth to be true. Now, I'm sorry, I got to go faster. Um, this is easy. In the beginning of the secret, God gives us power and faith through the renewing of our mind to follow after him. Now, let's read uh, Romans, Romans 12, 1 through 3. And I want to talk about this just for a second. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice acceptable unto God. Now, that's interesting. It doesn't say acceptable unto you. It doesn't say what you think. It says acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
It's the reasonable thing that God asks us for. And be not conformed to this world. Okay, this is profound right here. And be not conformed to this world. The world has an idea about what Christianity is. The world has an idea of what Christianity looks like. The world has an idea about how Christians should live. It's all bunk. It is not true. It is ungodliness. Period. And the Bible will back me up. Because God wants us to be like him. And he has given us the strength of his spirit to be like him. Okay, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wow, God must have thought that there was going to be something wrong with our minds. Absolutely. Just turn on the news a couple days in a row and you'll find out what's wrong with the minds of people today. That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man a measure of faith. God gives us the engine of faith. This allows us to understand things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. God helps us with this. This is easy. Okay, but you have to look to God. God is the one that directs you and leads you and, and makes this work for us. Why do our minds need renewing? Well, maybe our opinions are not the opinions of God. You're not as smart, nearly as smart as you think you are because I've found out that I'm not nearly as smart as I think I am. God is much smarter than all of us. We need to align ourselves with his thinking. We have to think like God. Forget about yourself. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, so now if you really want to know how to live for God and you read this scripture in Isaiah, wouldn't that cause you to want to go and look some more? Because he's telling us, hey buddy, what you're thinking, it ain't right. My ways are higher than your ways. My ways are better than your ways. You better go look some more. Okay, so how do we do this? Well, we do this according to his spirit and the letter of his word. However, there's a prerequisite. We must believe that he is. If you do not believe that God is, and he is the redeemer of all mankind, and that he has the power over the universe, you are lost. Because you're going to start thinking that you're smart again. If you think that he is, then you're on the right track. 
Because now, when you start wondering about, well, what does God think about this? Go look in his word. Well, I wonder, should I really be going here? Go look in his word. Should I be wearing this? Go look in his word. Should I be talking like this? Go look in his word. But the only way you're going to ask that question is when you decide that you are not God. He's God. And he is smarter than us. All of us. We need to follow the word of God to the saving of our souls. God provided his word for our perfecting. If we don't follow after the letter and the spirit of his word, we put him to an open shame. Uh, sister, I'm going to skip that scripture, okay? So we're go- we'll go to the next one. We'll go to Luke 10, 25 through 27 shortly. There are many things that become a part of life when we come to him. Truth. Truth becomes a part of our life when we come to him. Faith becomes a part of our life. Doctrine becomes a part of our life. We believe that you have to repent and you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus underwater and you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's what we believe. It's the greatest thing. I have never had anybody prove that any different to me and I've never gone back to ask for my money back. Because it's truth. And I have studied it and I have agonized over it with people at work, gone almost to fisticuffs with people uh, because they weren't agreeing with me. And I said, the word of God is true. This is what it says. Well, but I don't believe that. I don't care what you believe. This is what the Bible says. And so... The other thing that the Bible teaches us is holiness. Holiness is way more than a list of do's and don'ts. Holiness is our desire to make God happy. Holiness is our desire to live according to what God would desire for us. There are certain ways that God doesn't want us to look. He's asked us to be holy. And you know what? You know it. You know when you look in the mirror whether you should go out of the house or not. As a Christian. Hmm. If you had to think about that, you better go change. When you walk into a place where you shouldn't be, You know it. You knew it before you got out of the car. You should have never got out of the car. You should have left. You know, how many of you have been quickened in your spirit when you were getting ready to say the wrong thing? Hmm. So I'm not the only one, huh? God is good. And his, endure, his, his mercy endures forever. And God will lead you and guide you. 
And when you get, when you get stuck in this holiness thing that this is just a rule book, and this is, well, they got all these rules, and oh, they're so, they're so restrictive and everything. No, that's not what it is at all. This is making your life pleasing unto God. And you should be modest, and you shouldn't say those bad words, and you shouldn't go to those bad places, and you should teach your children the same thing. And when you, when you start thinking about, well, is this really important? You should do it anyway. Because what if it is important? What if that's a test from God that he wants you to be what he wants you to be instead of you being who you want to be? Oh, I totally lost my place. I'm sorry. We must endeavor to serve him to the best of our ability according to the power that he has put within us by his spirit. Do we truly love him enough to fulfill this next scripture? Let's read Luke 10, 25 through 27. It says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? This This is profound. And he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Wow. He's asking him what he should do. He was looking for God to tell him the rule book. And what did God tell him? You have to love me with all your heart. Why'd you do this stuff that your parents wanted you to do? Because you love them, right? How much more should we love God who has died for us? How much more? How much more should we do that? So thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength. That's a lot. That means completely. You should love the Lord completely. What does that mean? That means not hedging your bet. That means not standing there at the mirror and saying, well, this will probably be all right. Well, it probably won't won't be bad if I go in there just once. Well, that, that one word just slipped. That's not what you do when you love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. If you look to the word of God in truth and you do these things, Getting to eternity is easy. But the more you start agonizing with God and the more you continue to argue with God and the more you continue to connive with God about what you should and what you shouldn't do, it's going to get tough. It's going to get really hard because you're going to be agonizing over this every day. But if you just give it over to God, it's going to be easy because you don't have to worry about it. Because God will quicken your heart. God will quicken your spirit, and he will, he will tell you. When we serve the Lord with our whole heart, we need to live our life always to be looking at how much more we can do to align ourselves with him 
rather than taking a chance on what we think we could get away with. Another key, God has opened the door to his spirit unto us. Here's where the power comes in. He reveals his truth to us through his spirit. Man, what's that worth? What's that worth when you read the Bible and the Bible starts to speak to you? The Bible starts to tell you what you should be doing. All of a sudden, you open your Bible up and you start reading and it answers a prayer that you had. What's that worth? And God will do that for you every day, every day. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. We might even make it. Um, But as it is written, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Okay, now we just talked about that God wants you to love him more than anything. All right? And this is, this is one of the uh, supernatural laws of the universe. I teach a Sunday school lesson on that. How when God makes a request, okay? God's, God says, you need to love me with your whole heart, your whole strength, everything, right? That's a request. God is asking you to do something. Faith without works is dead. So he's asking you to do something. And then the next scripture in my notes, he's telling us the blessing if we do what he says. That's the supernatural laws of the universe. You cannot outgive God. You cannot answer God and do the things that God wants you to do without him blessing you in more abundance than what you ever gave up. Eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's a pretty fair trade, wouldn't you say? But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. His spirit opens up the eyes of your heart. His spirit enlightens you to truth. His spirit makes the difference in your life. His spirit is what leads you and guides you. And if you love God with all of your heart and all of your strength, and you have his spirit living within you, he's going to lead you and guide you through that spirit. It's powerful. The spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what, you know, everybody says, oh, I want to know the deep things of God. Well, there it is. Just love God with all your heart, and he'll open up your heart to his truth, to his spirit. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Okay? We are dumb unless we have the spirit. We cannot understand the things of the spirit unless we have God. You don't go to an ungodly person to get spiritual wisdom. You go to God to get spiritual wisdom. You go to your pastor to get spiritual wisdom because he has gone to God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which 
man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit. The world doesn't understand what we're doing here. The world is not going to understand why you live the way you live. The world is not going to understand why you look the way you look. And the world is not going to understand why you talk the way you talk. They're not going to understand it. Because the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit. This is easy. It's all in here. For they are foolishness unto the world. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And now here we are. Okay, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Every one of you that has the Holy Ghost has the mind of Christ. We are all able to be spiritual discerners because we have the Spirit of Christ. And he has promised us that because of his Spirit that is within us, we will be able to understand spiritual things. I don't care where you are on the intelligence scale. If you have the spirit, we're all the same. We all have spiritual discernment. Everyone gets it. It doesn't say, oh, only the smart ones get it. Well, only the prophets get it. Only the apostles get it. It says all of us, all of us have that ability and we have that strength within us when we receive his spirit. It's automatic. It's not a special thing. As we live our life for God, he promises that, he will, that we will be his sons and daughters in eternity. There is a difference. Which spirit are you following? Are you following the spirit that you want to follow? Or are you following the spirit of Christ? That's a very important question. Because there's a lot of people that walk around that are, are thinking they're in church and they think they're Christians and they're following after their own spirit. They're not following after the spirit of God. There is good and bad. There's right and wrong. Contrary to the news media, there is a right and a wrong. And God's word tells it. There's an acceptable way and there's an unacceptable way. And the word of God shows us what that is. As we, as we live for him, we all have the enter. We have the opportunity to enter into the miraculous of his, the miraculousness of his spirit. Um, I'm running out of time. Um, we can be perfect in his spirit. When we commit ourselves to him and surrender our spirit to him, he opens up all spiritual power to us. He opens up the door to eternity to us. And when we commit ourselves to him, again, we have the mind of Christ within us. That's very, very important. Um,
Okay, I am, I am so far off of my notes right now. I am so sorry. Um, there, was, there was a lot more good stuff in there. Um, the final admonition. This is what everybody says. Don't we all say, all I want to be is in the mind of God or in the will of God, right? Oh, yeah, I'm really praying over this. I want to be in the will of God. Okay, here it is. Um, go ahead Go ahead to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. Here it is. This is the easy part right here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Okay, did you get those? All right. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God will do it. Live the faith of God's live in faith of God's promise and his ability. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He will be with us in the dark days. He will be with us in the days of triumph. He will lead us to eternity for him. It is our promise and it is easy. God bless you. Could we all stand? I want to pray before we go. And uh, God is so good, and his mercy endures forever. We love you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262 965 5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.